Hello and good morning, members of the Moon Resistance. 2073 is now behind us, and we've moved forward to the year 2074. It's going to be very interesting to see what it has in store for us and our community as we continue to build the science fiction empire of tomorrow. I'm your founder and host, Geographic, and as always, we're super thankful that you've tuned in and that you're here building the Moon Resistance with us. Episode 13, The Connection. Goldstar, Luna, and Evelyn, the leader of Vanish, stood around the bed inside the Red Moon container. Kevin was curled up gently, snoring like a laid-back dad after a round of Sunday golf. Wakey-wakey, Kevin. Gooey and shipping container babies. I must be in a dream, because I've never felt so incredible. And why are my pants so gooey? Luna was focused on getting an answer. How was it, Kevin, you legend? You've been out like light for about an hour. Now, if you'll pardon me, little Miss Chiphead, now that Mr. Uh, Kevin is up, we have some important matters to discuss. Evelyn cut in. Hang on. What could be more important than Kevin being in a foursome with two moons and a pirate? Luna sputtered, shocked by the priority of society these days. Does it help that four of you are inside of me at the same time? added the husky voice of the Red Moon container they called Leg Day. After giving Kevin the TLDR and everything that had gone on after he had passed out, Evelyn explained more about the global network of Mooms that had started making contact with resistance fighters. Along with Moom and Leg Day, from Port of Santos, F8-C, there were known Mooms in Morocco in F8-B, Shanghai in F8-F, Melbourne, F8-E, and Rotterdam, F8-B. Some moons have been working with farmers to grow crops. Others have been helping build communities. Still others, well, they're helping us prepare for something big. As Evelyn said that, she looked uneasily at Luna. Sixty miles away, a large spherical float hovered above the desert. Agent J looked fresh for a man that had been eaten by a moon, shot, prodded by fate scientists, and smacked around by Agent Q. As he watched the horizon from inside the flying vehicle, he bit his lip in nervous contemplation. At his side, the red-haired boy dressed in jeans and a t-shirt crouched, seemingly floating mid-air, smiling happily. We picked them up, Agent J. One of our assets has reported two mycelium-bonded entities within a three-mile radius just outside of San Antonio. <sighs> Agent J moaned as he broke out of his daydream and turned to the hologram of the supplicant that was speaking to him. I'm sorry, Lucky. I was distracted. Does Q know? The boy cocked his head to the side, studying the fate agent. Yes, he does. I informed him simultaneously, and if you don't mind me speaking on his behalf, he would probably tell you to... Get your fucking head in the game! Ugh. The supplicant imitated the senior agent's voice perfectly. The fate agents had set up three blockades outside of San Antonio, along three major quant truck paths. Q had taken some of the blockades, Jay and another agent, Agent A, had taken the third. The human hologram, S013S, aka Lucky, served as an omnipresent go-between coordinating logistics and the satellite network to keep up with the manhunt. One of the container creatures fits the description of the one in Los Angeles and Silver City. Q has concluded that Diamond Hands and Sean are part of the same group. Our most recent update suggests that the quant trunk pulling the creature has been disabled and it looks like they are in danger of... Agent J, are you okay? 
your neurochemicals are off balance and eyes are 11% more dilated than normal. <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm just tired, Lucky. This dragnet is taking a lot out of me, especially after... Jay stopped, shook his head, and then moaned. <sighs> after dying? Yes, but we still need you for work. The supplicant replied, cocking an eye but beaming with a benevolent smile. I must also tell you that I'm having trouble reading your intentions, Agent J. I'm afraid that after this mission, I'll have to recommend that you return to the lab for further evaluation. According to company policy, resurrection is not sufficient ground for sick leave, and any time off to get you back on track will have to be without pay. Jay unsuccessfully pretended to shrug off the bad news. He moaned. Oh, great. Okay. Who's closest to the location? We are. I've scrambled observation drones, and I'm patiently awaiting your confirmation to engage. The red-haired hologram winked. Let's go then, supplicant. The red moon, leg day, had transformed back into the vanished command module. Inside, an intense discussion was taking place between Goldstar, Evelyn, and Kevin. Luna was notably absent. Well, I trust her, Kev. She's obviously some privileged chiphead's daughter and gets to opt out of most of the corporation's brainwashing. But she's our way into fate, not the other way around. Why the hell do we want to be inside fate? We should be running far and fast from these ass clowns, even if she thinks she's on our side. How do we know they aren't tracking her? Kevin reasoned. If it helps, I've been scanning a connection to the Clarity Network from the moment we encountered you, and it's been silent as a room after Kevin's dad jokes. We've never seen anything quite like that in a chiphead. Goldstar objected to that classification of her new companion. And when you say encountered, you mean tried to blow us up. Evelyn flicked her half-finished, hand-grown and rolled cigarette out of the door behind her. Her eyes narrowed as she addressed Goldstar. Now look here, missy. I don't tell you how to do your job. You don't tell me how to do mine. Maybe I should, Evelyn. We'd probably be more coordinated against fate. Goldstar clapped back. Coordinated against the people that own everything? Are you and your little chip-head girlfriend living in Sugarplum Land? Evelyn rose to the challenge facing off against Gold. As quick as the Moom Genesis OG Mint, Evelyn's left arm snaked out to smack Goldstar across the cheek. Goldstar, almost in a quizzical daze, blocked it. Evelyn's next punch, a more meaningful straight right, was caught by Gold, who seemed to be surprised at her own reflexes. Now hold on there, yelled Everglade Evans, stepping in. This ain't right. If you two don't stop acting like a pair of ornery swamp gators, there won't be nothing of us left for fate to fight. Goldstar shook her head as if clearing away a cloud of emotions. Not all of us have a family. And besides, after what happened between you, Kevin, and the Mooms, I'm expecting invitations to a baby shower. With the situation de-escalated by Evan's help, the leader of the Vanish faction visibly blushed at the mention of the mycelium exchange that she and Kevin had unwittingly taken part in. Wait, is that even possible? Kevin broke in. I mean, how would I know if I was the father? If the baby had a big rectangular head and can control metal objects, I'll let you off child sport. The command center container rattled with a mix of human and moon laughter. You guys decide on baby names. I'm going to find Luna. Goldstar laughed, leaving the group. <laughs> she walked through the encampment, observing the ragtag bunch of vanished mercenaries. Some watched with suspicion. Others seemed to dip their heads in respect or even reverence as she passed by. 
As she approached, Goldstar heard an unfamiliar rhythm and now familiar voice, synthetic music drift out of the moon. As Goldstar entered, she witnessed Luna sing an enchanting tune as she sat at the workbench, reassembling what remained of Roger's vocal interface. Waking up in a twilight stays and nothing is truly as it seems. Locked up and captive by this illusion of freedom, what's in me? Hey, you're a singer? And a mechanic? Goldstar interrupted, hoping to make conversation. That's a late alpha to be dropping on us. There's a lot you don't know about me, and the whole crew hasn't even taken the time to ask. Luna pouted, storming out. Ah, I was quite enjoying that, complained Moom. I hope you two work things out. Me too, came a distorted and now independent voice of a repaired Roger. I'm sorry, Moom. Roger, I'll go get her. Goldstar seemed to be holding the entire team together single-handedly today. She broke into a jog and caught up with Luna as she stormed off away from the encampment. Don't be like that, Luna. You're free and walking around, aren't you? Really? Three days as a fruit roll-up, shot at, and now I don't get to come to your clubhouse meetings. I know when I'm not needed. Luna sounded like an influencer, complaining about the lack of engagement on her posts. I need you, Luna. We've been through a lot together. But Vanish and Kevin don't know you like I do. Just give them some time. I mean, not even you know why you're not like all the others. Goldstar faced Luna, trying to reason with her. Wake up, Goldstar. Isn't it obvious? This is the way that it is. This is the way it always is. My clan is part of the in-group, and we have different permission settings from everyone else. We get the ability to live our lives. Private thoughts, real drugs, real food, better luck in the game, and everyone invites us everywhere for free, even though we can afford to pay. We get the engagement, the filters, the glory, the connections. Everyone else is just poor, barely conscious chipheads trying to figure out the algorithm, if they can think for themselves at all. But there is only one algorithm. The in-crowd like my family gets richer and outsiders get poorer while eating insect protein and drinking chemical-ridden water masked with the augmented flavors of lemonade. And anyone like you that yells fuck the system gets removed from it. It's that simple. Luna. What the fuck are you talking about? Luna almost broke into tears. Can't you see? I don't want to be left out. The FOMO is literally going to kill me. I am not fate. I have hated them my entire life and used my unique user privileges to suppress the thoughts from broadcasting externally. How many times do I have to tell you I'm on your side? Whatever Goldstar was going to reply got drowned out by an explosion that violently flung the two girls into the side of the container. Goldstar's head rang as her eyes, ears, and brain tried to make sense of what was happening. Agents on the platforms firing volley after volley of escargot. Members of the Vanish faction dead or huddled behind debris and carnage. The Red Moon was doing its best to draw the fire of the agent onslaught, but already its container body was looking ragged from the attacks. Moom huddled with Evelyn and Kevin, working like a linebacker to protect their quarterback. Luna! Goldstar shout. Luna! Luna lay limp. Her body sprawled unnaturally across the ruins of a container wall like a GTA 5 ragdoll wasted scene. Luna! Goldstar sat, legs sprawled out beneath her and cradled Luna in her arms as the battle raged around her. Don't you dare try to leave me again. Tears filled her eyes as she wiped the ashen face of her colleague. Goldstar, I... (coughs) Luna whimpered and coughed after a few seconds. The battlefield exploded with a new noise 
as the Fate attackers deployed their sonic cannons on the moons. Moom crashed towards some of the spare containers and used his tongues to lasso one to deflect the attack like a shield. Legday, who was doing his best to lead the attackers away from the main group, was not so lucky, and its metal container body was hit twice before shattering into gooey metal spikes. Debris rained down on everyone. Everything was happening all at once. Moom rose to his full height with a roar and ran towards where his comrade's broken body was. A rocket-propelled grenade from one of the platforms sparked up and zoomed towards where Goldstar and Luna were sheltering from the gunfire. Moom! Goldstar shouted instinctively, and as she did, an intense wave of multicolored geometric shapes and slurred external sound breached and took over her vision and hearing before subconsciously coming to the conclusion that she was experiencing an alternate dimension of senses existing beyond the normal human world. Oh, thank the connection. I was wondering when you would discover that. Moom's voice responded in her head. Goldstar's mind swam with the new unlocked ability. Time slowed down to a crawl and virtually stopped as the words that Luna was yelling slurred and broke down into singular visible waveforms. What is this, Moom? Goldstar asked, trying to use her mouth, her head pounding worse than the sounds of gunfire above and all around them. She realized that she could only speak with her head, as her own body was as still as the rest of the world. This is how my species naturally communicates. Our mouths and tongues are made for eating and greeting, not for flapping at each other. A lot goes unsaid when we only use verbal communication. So we're talking with our minds, like fate chipheads do? And how did I get this ability? Wait, I really hope you haven't been touching parts with me in my sleep. I don't think I'll dignify that with a response, Goldstar. It was when I first landed. You and I connected, and your mind was the most compatible of everyone on the planet the Mooms have met. There is something about you that connects you to us far more naturally and freely than anything F8's Clarity Network does. And now that you know, they've been abusing that connection to enslave both of our species. I won't let that happen, Moon. I promise. The beginning of the end for them is now. If Goldstar could set her jaw in determination, she would have. I know you will. That's why we chose you to be our champion. This might sound a bit melodramatic, but the fate of humanity and Moomamity kind of relies on you. No pressure, then. Well, if it makes you feel any better, we have a few replacement candidates lined up, but I think you have what it takes, so try not to die. Okay, now that missile coming at me has a different plan. Any ideas? No worries, I'll get it. Protect Kevin and the Vanish Leader. I'll use the explosion as cover to get Luna back to rejoin you. The savior of humanity has a lot to process right now with a missile coming at her. Goldstar's heart, which was beating slowly in the background, gave her a reassuring bump-a-bump to signal its readiness. Let's go for gold. And then the world snapped back into normal speed, and Luna finished her sentence. Never got to tell you. Fight them now. Thank me later. Commanded Goldstar. True to promise, Moom turned again and a long tentacle snapped out like an overpressured bra strap and caught hold of the incoming missile, whirling it like a shot put and launching it back at the platform. As the platform filled with fate agents went down in flames, Goldstar and Luna exploded into action. 
With a semi-automatic pistol in each hand, the cyberpunk blonde stepped out of the cover, letting bullets fly like an ancient Egyptian plague. The twin barrels of her weapons exploded again and again, white hot with the rate of fire. Fate agents fell out of the air like a store full of marionettes in a magnitude 9 earthquake. Luna, duck! Goldstar's voice was so commanding that the fierce socialite ducked without a moment of questioning. Within a millisecond of Luna moving, a bullet flew past her head. Goldstar fired back, plugging the attacking agent straight between his eyes. They have leg day? Kevin shouted as his two teammates left over the debris he was hiding behind. Then let's get him back. Kevin looked at Goldstar with an admiring grin and then looked behind her. His smile dropped into a wordless and weary, Oh, shit! as the world around them exploded again into light and sound. With a single highly kinetic attack, the entire resistance was rendered unconscious. Agent J limped through the burning wreckage towards the scattered resistance fighters. Blood from a head wound blurred the vision in his right eye. Agent J moaned. Oh. In his mind's eye, the supplicant floated down, looking like a gloating supervillain. The operation has been well executed, Agent J. The supplicant grinned while at the same time suspended 60 feet off the ground. Agent Q is pleased with the progress as I've reported back to him. I've been compiling a report to be signed in triplicate as we progress. I think a few testimonials will work towards a great presentation in the next shareholder meeting. (sighs) So many dead. We're wiping them out like animals, Jay muttered mentally to himself. Yes, isn't it brilliant? That last attack, a tactical tungsten rod from space, pure poetry. But I did not detect as much corporately required sadism in that statement as expected. Your neurochemicals are definitely off. Agent Jay moaned again. (sighs) Let's finish this, Lucky. You're all right, Jay. Concussion, broken ribs, punctured lung, but you're functional enough to finish the job. Jay coughed blood. Uh, The human body count is 53 to 14 in our favor. The red container creature has been successfully captured. With that last attack, I estimate that the blue creature will also be captured shortly. This is 100% above the mission's acceptable KPIs. That's amazing. Agent Jay confirmed in the same way an unamused babysitter would patronize a five-year-old. The supplicant ignored him. Now, if you take your gun and stand over those three unconscious terrorists, you'll make the body count a tidy 56-14, which will be a superb ROI for the corporation. On my mark, go with how you feel, but I suggest that your response be something heroic and very wag me. My life for fate, or death to the rebel scum. Cliche, I know, but the audience loves it. Quickly now. The supplicant gave Agent J a big wink and knowing nod, but in Jay's mind he flickered and faded with a crackling buzz like a 1970s TV signal. Thank you for your service, Agent J. I'd like to inform you that I've authorized a 420 fate coin increase in your annual bonus for successfully ending the threat of the terrorist, Diamond Hands. Agent J looked at his gun drawn and looked at the two unconscious girls and guy. The supplicant floated down to stand over them. I can't do this, Lucky. Just drop another bomb. Jay bargained in his head. As much as I'd enjoy dropping another one, Maasai protocols prohibit me from that amount of collateral damage. It would be bad for the balance sheets. As Jay contemplated his next move, the supplicant cocked his head with a perplexed look. 
Come on, Jay. I calculate that they will become conscious in 73 seconds. I'll make it easy. Walk over here, stand exactly where I am, point and shoot. Pop, pop, pop. The red-haired kid used his index finger and thumb to imitate the action of a 16th century revolver pistol. Come on. You've done this ten times before. Three times more takes you to that lucky number. <laughs> the hologram tittered at his own joke. Jay moaned, <sighs> let his hand drop to his thigh, and then dropped his gun. He turned away from where Lucky 13 was gesturing over the bodies of Goldstar, Luna, and Kevin. Agent J. The supplicant said, his voice warbling and dying in Agent J's head. Fuck off, Lucky. Agent J replied with his mouth. Agent J's vision began to clear as he walked away from the scene. I'm sorry, Jay. You don't get away that easily. Ugh. The hologram pointed with his finger and thumb at the agent. Jay's eyes shot wide. The supplicant smiled sweetly and cocked his head to the side. Bang! The supplicant whispered, and Agent Jay's brain exploded out of the front of his skull. Humans are so disappointing. The supplicant mused to himself. The supplicant stepped through clarity into the mind of Agent Q. Agent Q had physically grown larger with the mycelium and nanobots growing exponentially within his body. The heat exhaust from the trillions of robots working inside of his structure to reinforce and upgrade his bones and muscles gave him a blue glow. (sighs) Supplicant status report. Agent Q growled in a thought that resonated in a distinctly more metallic way than it had a few days ago. The supplicant steepled his hands in an almost prayerful manner. Agent Q, I'm here to inform you that your subordinate has failed to carry out his secondary objective. I am deploying bots to finish the job. As his direct manager, I now hold you responsible for fulfilling this one task. The supplicant cocked his head to the side and smiled. Kill the girl. 